in Numbers chapter 10 tonight. Um, and it's a marvelous chapter of an unusual kind, which I will briefly tonight, because we're going to do a few other things, uh, cover. Israel, as you turn there, is uh, in, in camp. They've been liberated from enslavement one year ago, but they haven't moved much because they're a ragtag, disorganized bunch of people who don't yet understand how to live free. And so their Redeemer has been getting them organized, making them a duly constituted community of faith, and they're just about ready to move out towards their land of promise. But one essential thing still remains. It is very essential. Without this particular ingredient in their lives, they're not going to make it very much further. They won't be harmonious. They won't move together. They won't experience God's blessing. They cannot have His supply. Without this indispensable thing, uh, they will uh, absolutely wander around aimlessly and indefinitely in the wilderness. And you may be surprised to find out what this thing is. They must, here's the thing, they must blow the trumpets. Yes, that's what God says in Numbers chapter 10, by command. Listen to what it says, verse 1. The Lord spoke further to Moses, saying, Make yourself two trumpets of silver, of hammered work. You shall make them, and you shall use them for summoning the congregation and for having the camps set out. It was a trumpet much like the one you see on display before you now. Uh, there's another biblical trumpet called a shofar. It's not like this. It's not made of silver. It's fashioned from a ram's horn. It's curved. This is straight, probably about 18 to 24 inches long, one piece of solid silver. Uh, it is depicted on the Arch of Titus in Rome. If you have ever visited there, you'll see it. It's a depiction of the Roman general at the destruction of Jerusalem in A.D. 70, leaving with its furnishings, one of which was this particular trumpet. Also, Josephus, uh, the historian, describes it for us. And so this seems to be an accurate reflection of the kind of trumpet it was. No valves. It could make one sound shrill. It would get your attention. In the hands of an artful instrumentalist, he could get it to make different kinds of sounds, but generally some of the sounds would simply be elongated, some would be short and staccato. And so it says in verse 3, when both, two trumpets, when both are blown, all the congregation shall gather themselves to you at the doorway of the tent of meeting. Yet, if only one is blown, then the leaders, heads of the divisions of Israel shall assemble. See, people learn to develop discernment, auditory discernment. Two trumpets, we all get together. One, just the leaders. Uh, verse 5, but when you blow an alarm, so we don't know exactly what an alarm sound was, but as I say, they could elongate the sound or shorten it. So when the sound was as if it was an alarm, when you blow uh, the alarm, the camps that are pitched on the east side, they are to move out first. 
When you blow an alarm the second time, you see they were attuned to this, the people, the camps that are pitched on the south side shall set out. An alarm is to be blown for them to set out. And when convening the assembly, however, you shall blow without sounding an alarm. It was a different kind of sound. And then uh, the priestly sons of Aaron, moreover, shall blow the trumpets. Only the priests could blow the trumpets. And this shall be for you a perpetual statute throughout your generations. When you go to war in your land against the adversary, God is doing this in anticipation of their arrival in the promised land, not only during your wilderness wanderings, but when you arrive in the promised land. You'll have an adversary there. And so when you go to war... Against him you shall blow the trumpets. Verse 9, when you go to war in your land against the adversary who attacks you, you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets so that you may be remembered before the Lord your God and be saved from your enemies. And the final verse for tonight, also in the day of your gladness when they had something to celebrate and in your appointed feasts when they got together Uh, to commemorate the goodness of God and to worship Him. And on the first days of your months, you shall blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings when they wished to give something to God sacrificially, when they were bringing their offerings over the burnt offerings, over the sacrifices of your peace offerings. You shall blow the trumpets, and they shall be as a reminder of you before God. I am the Lord your God. So you can see the blowing of the trumpets served a number of different purposes. One was to simply assemble the congregation so that they could experience their unity and their harmony. And the second was to give the congregation direction. Now you move. Now you move. Now you stay put. Uh, Thirdly, it was to prepare the congregation for battle. They couldn't go into battle, no, according to God's uh, directive without sounding the trumpets. They couldn't win victory over their enemies without doing so. And then, fourthly, you sound the trumpets. Uh, You join the sound of the trumpets with your celebration and with your offerings and with your service. All right. What does all this mean for us today? What, in fact does the blowing of the trumpets represent? I think it represents prayer. You see, it says this shall be a perpetual statute in every generation. No, not the practice, the principle. It isn't about the blowing of the trumpets anymore. There's simply a foreshadowing of something of enduring value for us. It's prayer. I think they represent folks. Prayer is the discipline without which we in our wilderness wanderings, cannot take one step forward. We're not going to make it without prayer. Prayer is the ingredient, the indispensable ingredient in discipline without which we cannot stick together, without which we cannot stick it out. Without prayer, we cannot win the victory over our adversary, and we surely have one. And without prayer... We simply cannot have blessing, the blessing of God upon our gatherings and upon our services and upon our worship and upon our celebration and upon, our, uh, upon the sacrificial giving of our offerings. Without prayer, if these things are not joined with prayer, uh, they will not carry with them God's blessings. And so the trumpets are to be blown. Notice, according to verse 9, for this reason, so that you may be remembered before the Lord your God. 
so that you may be remembered. And so the thought is repeated again in verse 10. You see, we read, when the trumpets are blown, they shall be as a reminder of you before God. Listen, the people would remember God by blowing the trumpets, but God would remember the people by responding when he heard them blow the trumpets. Folks, the trumpets represent prayer. In prayer, we acknowledge and remember God. And in prayer, our God remembers us. Can you say it? Has he forgotten us? Is that what I'm insinuating? Oh, no, 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 never. Our Father has not forgotten us. To say that God remembers us when we pray simply means that God acts on our behalf when we ask him to. A trumpet blast arouses the listener. It's high, it's shrill, and so too the heartfelt prayers of the children of God arouse our Father to act. I'm a father. I can relate to an extent. I've received different calls from my sons over the years. One call might be, Dad, we would like you and mom to join us for so-and-so's birthday celebration on Sunday. Thank you for calling me, son, to join in the celebration. It's a form of a call I got from my son. At another time, I got a call from a son who said that his wife was just involved in an automobile accident. That was a different kind of a call, and boy, I was aroused by it and went to the scene. On another occasion, I got a call from a son who invited me with others to a place where they wanted to present me with something they had purchased for me. They wanted to offer something freely out of love for me, and their call aroused me to be there and to receive it. Once I got a call from a son who said, Dad, I need a little help. There's a leak of a pipe at my house. Could you help me? Different calls, but from my sons. And they came at what you might say terribly inconvenient times. Some were at night and some were while I was watching American Idol and My wife got us U-verse. U-verse is a thing that is supposed to make your life easier. Not yet. But anyway, there's a feature on the U-verse when you're watching TV. If you get a phone call, the caller's number, you know what I'm talking about, will be on your TV screen. It's unbelievable. So you're kicked back, you know, your feet are up, and you're relaxing, and it's late at night, you're enjoying whatever it is, and there's a, a call, and I, I can see who it, who it is, you know, old brother John, ah, forget it, and so, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but uh, you know, it's, it's what commercials are for, but, 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 uh, but anyway, Here's a call from Tim Rothberg. Here's a call from Grant Rothberg. Here's a call from Ben Rothberg. I'm up. I don't care what's on. I don't care how tired I am. 
I hear the call of my kids. Am I a better dad than Abba Father? When we sound the trumpet, it has all different kinds of sounds. And his ear is attuned to it. It may be a sound of an alarm. It may be a cry for guidance. It may be to beseech him to be our supply financially or with regard to a medical challenge. Who knows what, who knows what it is? But just as a trumpet gets attention, so too prayer arouses the attention of our almighty God. It's like when we pray, it's like to God, it's like a call from a child or, or from a grandchild. You stop, you hear, and you respond. And so prayers are our cry to heaven for God's promised guidance and direction and supply and aid and victory. In prayer, we say, oh God, I cannot live without you. And in prayer, we say, oh God, I don't want to live without you. What a month this March is going to be. Miracle March, a month of memories. Our pastor's inspiration. It's simply an opportunity to do what we should do every month. It's just a focus for us this month. Stop. Remember the blessings of the past. And sound the trumpet in the form of prayerful request for more of God's blessings for our individual lives and our church for the future.